Next Level Church, it's so good to see you. My name is Brandon. I pastor Slate Church in Waterloo, Ontario, alongside my wife, Emma. And I'm really excited to be bringing a word to you today. It is a message that I spoke to our church back in February and asked our team, what is something that would really bless Next Level? I wanted to re-record it for you, but in the midst of everything going on with COVID, that wasn't possible. We really believe that this is going to bless you. So from our church to your church, we encourage you to lean in. You're in a series called Fearless. I think what a great series to be a part of right now in the midst of COVID. And I really believe that as you listen to this, that it's going to enable you to live fearless in the culture that we find ourselves in. A quick note, just about your pastors, Deshaun and Michella, Emma and I absolutely love you guys. Usually we we would have seen you guys quite a few times by now at this point in the year. Um, But with everything going on, we haven't been able to see you as much. We believe in you. We love you guys. You're doing a great job. Uh, Toronto, the greater Toronto area needs you. And we're just so thankful for you. Keep leading well. And everybody listening, send your pastors a message right now. Wait no longer. Thank them for the way that they've been leading in the midst of COVID. Here we go. The message is called, Hey Pastor, and let's be fearless through this season. We are just really thrilled that you would join us, whether you are watching live. And if you are right now, why don't you just drop a hi, Brandon, in the uh, chat right now. No matter how you found us, this is a church that is for you. And how do I know that? Because no matter what your circumstances or situation is coming into church today or listening to this message, wherever you find yourself, I know that God can move in your situation because he moved in mine. And if he can move in mine, he can certainly move in yours because I am not a perfect person standing here today. I'm somebody that has quite a past that I'm able to bring before our God and uh, he accepts us exactly as we are. So I just want to welcome you wherever you find yourself. Uh, my, again, my name is Brandon. I awkwardly last week uh, introduced myself as, as Pastor Brandon. And I say that awkwardly because when you become a pastor, you get some interesting names, okay? All of a sudden, you'll be walking through uh, the grocery store and somebody will yell across the grocery store, hey, pastor, and it'll be like, who are they talking to? And then all of a sudden, you have to clue in. You're like, wait, I think they're talking to me. And you're like looking around and you're like, certainly it isn't me. I've got one friend that calls me Revy Rish the Bish. And uh, that's my my favorite name in particular. And uh, he's one of the sports pastors here at St. Church, if you're watching last week. But Remy Rish the Bish has got to be my absolute favorite. And uh, truthfully, um, I just like to be called Brandon. So if you're on the other side of this, just call me Brandon. But today's message title, if you can write this down, is called Hey Pastor. And uh, I really want to talk to you from the idea that we've been going through. We're in the middle of a series called This Is Church. And again, sorry, um, camera team, I'm looking around at all the different cameras. What an incredible background. I am in love with the backgrounds in this series because it shows our church. This is church. And we're in the middle of this series. We're in week two of a seven-week series. We just decided it's seven weeks um, of a seven-week series. And we are incredibly excited for the second installment. If you didn't join us for the first installment, you don't. It's, this isn't like episodes where you got to go back and uh, go to that one before you can continue. But I do recommend after this message, you go back because I believe it will bless you. Today, we want to start off with our theme verse, Matthew chapter 28, 18 to 20. It says this, all authority, Jesus speaking to his followers before he leaves uh, the earth, before he ascends back into heaven. uh, He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Let's pray and let's get into it. 
Jesus, we know that the mission you have for us moving forward is to make disciples. Jesus, may we not excuse ourselves from this, I pray. Lord, may you propel us into the future that you have for us by allowing us to understand our corporate responsibility to respond to the call to go into all the nations and making disciples. We pray this in your mighty name. And everybody said... Amen. Okay, if you're watching live, why don't you just drop an amen in the chat. Make yourself known. It's really important, guys, that uh, we don't just... I'm starting to feel like Doug Ford just giving the same message over and over again, right? Uh, Drop an amen in the chat. Make yourself known. This is online church, but you're not supposed to be anonymous. Just do that because there's a lot of people there that would love to say hi to you. Hey, when we talk about making disciples, the temptation is to think that this is for everybody else other than ourselves. You know, I, ta- I, I often picture my kids when it's time for dinner. It's like Emma calls us all for dinner and we all look at each other. I'm included. I'm as bad as the kids. We all like look at each other like she's calling somebody else or some other family for dinner. And I'm kind of like, guys, she's calling you for dinner. And then Emma's like, Brendan, where are you? And I'm like, oh, right. Because there's these moments in our lives where we hear a call and we assume it's for everybody else other than ourselves. The temptation to think when it's uh, go and make disciples, we start to think, well, he must just be talking to Pastor Brandon and Pastor Emma. Or he must be talking to my connect group leader. Or God must be talking to some other spiritual Christian that I listen to from time to time on this podcast. He's definitely talking to them. But we are given no indication that he's talking to anybody else other than everybody who calls on the name of Jesus. If you call in the name of Jesus, you are called to go make disciples. So we messed this up early in the Bible. The very first book of the Bible is called Genesis. And in Genesis chapter 1, it is in chapter 1 we are given a command as humans. Chapter 1 verse 27 to 28 says this. God bled, He created mankind in His own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds of the air and every living creature that moves on the ground. Be fruitful and multiply. And an incredible commandment. And yet one that is broken only 10 chapters later. And and there's a really strange connection between what God calls us to do, go make disciples of all the nations, and what the church actually does, and God's call of humanity to be fruitful and multiply, and what humanity actually does. Because in Genesis chapter 11, we read of this story, it's called the Tower of Babel. And in the Tower of Babel, rather than being fruitful and multiply, humans create new technology, which is bricks, and they decide to build a tower unto their own glory, and they gather the nations together, and it actually says, they said to one another in Genesis chapter 11, verse 3, they say, come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. And they use brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. And then they said this, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered across the whole earth. Well, that's exactly what God wanted them to do. Be fruitful and multiply and scatter along the earth. And here humanity is, just a few chapters into our scriptures, just a few generations in, and they are already disobeying God's commandments. Matthew chapter 28 Jesus says to his followers, go make disciples, but stay and wait for my presence. In Acts 2, some of the earliest stories of what we have of the early church, there the church is gathering, waiting for the Holy Spirit. And when they receive it, 
There could be the same temptation as humanity when we first began to just say, you know what, let's stay here and build an empire unto ourselves. Let's gather ourselves here and let's send out notifications to people to join us where we find ourselves right now. We've got a pretty good thing going. The worship band is cranking. The messages are awesome. The, the, the coffee at the door is ph phenomenal. And what Jesus is commanding them is, hey, once you stay and receive the presence of God, you need to go make disciples. And yet how many of us were like the people building the Tower of Babel and we'd rather just come together and gather ourselves in churches and get all comfortable and just bring people into what we have going on rather than uh, answering to the call of Jesus, which is to go make disciples. Come on, can you drop a comment? Say, hey, pastor. Hey, pastor. Hey, pastor. I'm talking to you. Because here's the reality of our situation. Until we begin to realize that the call is greater than just on your pastors and you're actually called to pastor your neighborhood, your workplace, your family, your situation, your context, we will not be able to fulfill the mission of God as long as we, got, we try to gather everybody together and we fail to send ourselves out and scatter amongst the earth where we find ourselves. Are you guys okay for a hist history lesson? I was telling the kids a, a story about in my history class in grade nine, how I had to write a letter like I was in one of the world wars. And so I, I, I was so attentive. I was more of like an artsy kid back then. And I like um, dyed the paper with tea bags and then I like burnt the edges. And everybody's done this in school at some point. It's like a universal experience. And you like try to make it as old as you can. And then you burn the house down. That didn't happen. But um, you know, I, I was telling about this history thing. I'm going to give you a history lesson on the church in Canada. You see, Canada is a fairly recent and young nation. We just celebrated 150 years, I think three years ago. So we must be 153 years old, okay? Since, since the modern type of Canada. Okay, I'm just going to move past that. There's a lot of other stuff going on. Okay, but in that time, the way that we settled is we started settling. Europeans started settling down along the St. Lawrence into the Great Lakes, okay? And what would happen is a group of people would settle in an area usually by moving water, they'd set up a mill and essentially that would start a civilization. And what that town would start to do is they would start sending out for a call for people to come into their town. So they would need a merchant. A merchant would need to come and start selling stuff. So they'd send out a call for that. That town would need a doctor. And so they'd send out for a doctor and the doctor would come in and service the whole town. They would need a... Um, uh, a blacksmith. And so they'd send out for a blacksmith. And we have stories of, of people trekking down to Pennsylvania and bringing back people in order to cover for these needs. And that, I mean, these are stories from all over the place. And then where we get the idea of pastors preaching a call, which is essentially a modern day thing that's still used when a pastor preaches a call to be accepted by a congregation. This is where this comes from is they would send out for a call for a pastor to come in and to take care of the spiritual needs of the community. So you have the merchant taking care of the business needs, the blacksmith taking care of the horseshoes and, and the, the metal needs of the, of the community. They had a, a doctor that would take care of the health needs and the physical needs. And they would put out a call for a preacher to take care of the physical needs. Now, the only problem with this is that that's not actually what Jesus called us to do. He didn't say, hey, go find yourself a pastor that will do your spiritual work for you. He said, you, you, hey, pastor, on the other side of this video, go make disciples. 
And yet what we have lived in ever since is an expectation that the pastor is going to do it or some leader is going to do it or some evangelist is going to do it or somebody with more skills or more spiritual than me is going to do it. And what Jesus is calling us to is a priesthood of all believers. In 1 Peter chapter 2, I thought I was looking at the wrong time there. I was like, there's no way I only have three minutes left. And I don't. I have as much time as I want to use. <laughs> 1 Peter chapter 2, 8 to 10 says this. Um, uh, uh, or continuing rather in, in, in verse nine, Peter is talking to the church and he says to the church, he says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Isn't that phenomenal language that he uses? He says, you are a royal priesthood in revelation one verses, uh, verse six, John is writing to the church and out of this revelation that God is giving uh, to, to John, he, he says to him who loves us and has freed us from his sins by his blood, talking about Jesus, and has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve God and Father. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Pick up on that language. A, to be a kingdom and priests. See, here's the reality between what we need to understand. The disconnect is that we expect other people to be the priest for us. We expect other people, the pastor, the people closest to us for us. And yet what Jesus is establishing is a priesthood of all believers. His kingdom is a kingdom of priests. And we need to start to understand that he does not delineate between a pastor and the, and, 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 and the people that attend. But he, but he actually says, no, 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 you're all to pastor the communities that I brought you to. Church, if we're to move into the future that God has for us, we need to begin to understand the personal responsibility that exists for us. We need to move from addition to multiplication. You see, Jesus wants to multiply his church, not just add to his church. Over and over again as a pastor, I get these messages. Hey, you weren't there for me here, and you weren't for me, there for me there, and you weren't this, and you didn't do this and that. And listen, this doesn't happen in a week. This has happened over the course of years, right? And I get these messages. And I start to begin to understand that there's some people still in our church today that expect me to be your personal pastor. And the truth is, is that yes, I'm a pastor of Slate Church, but we should all be pastoring one another. Is that right? A stat somewhere that the most amount of people that one person can, can connect with is 80 people. That's including family and friends and people that you keep up with in your other life and then people that you go to church with and everything else. So if you want this church to be 80 people, Em and I can be your pastor. But surprise, our church is almost 10 times that size, which means we need a bunch of people that say, you know what? I'm willing to take on the work that Jesus called me to and I'm willing to be discipled and to disciple others because this responsibility is not just on the pastors, it's on us as the pastors. Hey, pastor, you have a responsibility. And as far as we need to go from addition where I'm trying to bring people in to all of us saying, you know what? We're going to go out and multiply the kingdom of God by building disciples of all the nations. Come on, is this speaking to somebody today? We need to break down an us and them mentality from the clergy to the people and say, no, we are all the people of God. There are no asterisks in heaven for those that were paid to be a pastor and those that weren't paid. There is only people that were called to be pastors and those that lived it out and those that didn't in the kingdom of God. We've got to learn that this is much bigger than ourselves. One of my good friends, a pastor friend, his name's Robin Waller. He said, life is most beautiful 
when God's purposes become our purposes. See, the nation of Israel was the first nation to ever have a priest. So I want to take you back to the first time there was ever a priest. His name was Aaron. He was the brother of a guy named Moses. And Moses led an entire nation called Israel out of Egypt and out of Egyptian slavery, okay? Out of Egyptian slavery. They were there for 400 years. Moses leads them out. Moses doesn't really want to talk to the people. He's got to stutter, everything else. Aaron becomes that for him. He becomes the first priest of the first nation of God, okay? And so we're going to, I want to teach you about what it actually looks like to be a priest priest. Okay. I want to show you the difference between Moses and Aaron for a second, because Moses, when he comes out, all of a sudden he goes up on a mountain for a long time to talk, talk to God. And we get this story where all of a sudden the Israelites who were brought out of Egypt by the living God, they start asking Aaron, who's supposed to become the priest for these people. They actually start creating gods for themselves. And Aaron actually gives into them. All while Moses is meeting with God and getting the Ten Commandments from God and about to bring them down from the mountain of God. And so in Exodus chapter 32, verse 1, we see this and it says that when the people saw that Moses, he's up on the mountain, was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, come make us gods who will go before us. See, I want to move for a second between not just calling you to be a priest, and a pastor of the people that are around you, but I want to move into what it actually looks like to be a proper pastor to the people around you. This is a content-heavy message, isn't it? I'm trying to accomplish a lot in 25 minutes, but these are going to be some of the most, most important 25 minutes of your entire week. In fact, this is a formational message for us as a church. Yeah. Listen, there's a time for funny stories. This is not the time. We need to wake up to what God is calling us to as a church. So what we see here is that all of a sudden, a, a, a real pastor starts in the presence of God. Where's Moses? He's in the presence of God. Where are the people? They're in the presence of themselves. I want you to hold on to that because that's what we talked about last week. We need to find ourselves in the presence of God if we are going to truly pastor the people of God. You cannot do it apart from the presence of God. Further on, Aaron actually accepts the invitation to make these idols. And in verse four, he says this, it says, then, uh, then, then uh, Aaron said to them, these are your gods. After he took all the gold from the people and melted it down into a calf, he said, these are your gods, Israel, who brought you out of Egypt. God just literally brought these people through a, a sea on dry land. He split waters to bring these people away from the oppressors of Egypt, uh, the Egyptian oppressors who were chasing them. And all of a sudden, in a split second, they're turning their backs on God and they are now made it their own gods out of their own hands, their own jewelry. They have made it and now they are worshiping them. I want to share this with you, church, because a pastor that is a priest of the kingdom, a pastor that is of God, does not listen to the voice of the people more than they listen to the voice of God. Yeah. It's so funny because I think some people in our church, in Capital C Church, they think they're doing the pastoral work of the church because they're listening to people. They're listening to people complain. I haven't really felt cared for in the last little while. I want to ask you, just because people are coming to you doesn't mean you're pastoring them. What are you saying when people come to you? Because just because people come to you does not mean that you have the work of God in mind. Aaron has people coming to him, but he's making new gods for them. Are you making gods of the people or are you making God real to the people? 
Come on, we got to know that God wants to speak his words to people and he doesn't want to speak people's words to people. Listen, a sure sign that somebody doesn't understand that we are trying to build the kingdom of God is when you allow complaining in your company. Come on, care is not about listening to complaining. Care is about bringing people into the character of God. Can I say that again? Care is not about listening to complaining. Care is about bringing people into the character of God. See, there is no time to be complaining about what's not being happened when you're the ones responsible, I'm the ones responsible for actually moving forward the kingdom of God. We are pastors. Hey, pastor, you're responsible for what God is calling this church to become. I had a really great text come to me this past week. In fact, God's doing something new in our church and I can sense it because I got a lot of these messages this past week and somebody messaged me and they said, hey, Brandon, I really appreciate your message last week. For the longest time, I've been asking, why isn't the church making more disciples? This person's been been a, 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 um, a Christian for a very long time. And he said, it wasn't until your message that I realized I'm actually responsible for making disciples. Come on, how many of us are starting to wake up to the reality that in order to build the kind of church that Jesus is coming back for, we need to take on this responsibility collectively and we need to seek to please God, not displease man. In chapter 32, same chapter, verse 15, it says all of a sudden Moses returns down the mountain after all of this is going on. And it says Moses turned and went down the mountain with the two tablets of the covenant of the law in his hands. Because this is what a pastor does is he returns to people with words of God, not with words of man. Church, we've got to continue to turn back to God, bringing the words of God instead of entertaining the words of man. He deals with everything that's going on. He does some crazy stuff. And uh, he actually tells them to break down the gold calf that was created, crumble it up, and feed it back to the people. So all of a sudden, they're eating their gods. It's, it's kind of humorous, actually. But in chapter 32, verse 27, it says that Moses said to them, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, each man strap a sword to his side, go back and forth through the camp, one end to the other, each killing his brother and friend and neighbor. The Levites did, these are the priestly people, did as Moses commanded. And that day about 3,000 of the people died. Then Moses said, you have been set apart for the Lord today. For, though, for you were against your own sons and daughters and he has blessed you this day. Listen, This is strange and I don't have time to break it down. And there's actually a deeper lesson here. But what we need to understand is that if we are to take on this priestly call that is on our church, we need to purge sin from our camp. I can't say this enough, and maybe we haven't been saying it enough, but sin has no place in the life of a believer that is now living in the spirit and is dead to sin. We need to rise up. Sinning is something that's going to continue to happen. But inviting it in is a completely different thing. There are men on the other side of this that need to give up your porn addiction right now. And I'm not letting the girls off the hook because women on the other side of this need to give up your porn addiction right now. You need to release it to God and stop making excuses for why it's happening. Those of us that have been sinning and ongoing and continuing to be angry with our kids because it's COVID's fault and it's not a personal responsibility of our own. We need to purge sin from the camp. We need to cut it away from ourselves so we can begin to pastor the people. 
come on, I'm not calling you to be perfect because only Jesus was perfect. But we got to wake up to the fact that we need to purge sin from ourselves to be able to be used by God. And we can only do that by the grace and the strength of God. Finally, after Moses does all this stuff, I don't know if I read or not, but he had broken the tablets, the commandments, he had broken them. And uh, I can just imagine, I hate, I've broken a couple of phones. I can't imagine breaking the 10 commandments. It's like, that's a bad day, Moses. So it says that Moses in verse 31 went back up to the Lord and he begins to talk to, the, talk to God. We're gonna be consistently, if we answer the call of, of being a pastor to those around us to make disciples, we will be consistently in a rhythm of meeting with God. We see this already, meeting with God, hearing the complaints of man, bringing the words of God, recognizing that there's still sin in us that needs to be removed, being exhausted by the whole process. And then as Moses does, he goes back up into the mountain, back up into the presence of God. Church, I can't, I can't underscore enough the reality that if we are going to move into the future that God has for us as a church, we need to go through the cycle of being in the presence of God, bringing down the words of God, countering the complaints of the people of God with the presence and the words of God and removing sin from our own lives and our own camps and then returning back to the presence of God because this is what a priest does. This is what a pastor does is he brings and she brings new life and new hope and new dreams and new vision and a new proclamation to a bunch of people that desperately need it in the world we find ourselves. Listen, church, I've lost my voice in this message too. I want to remind you that we do not live in a post-Christian nation. We live in a pre-Christian nation. Don't listen to the naysayers. Don't listen to the people that say the church's best days were behind them. So in some ways, the ways that we started churches may not have been the way that we need to continue the church today. We need to understand that the best days are ahead of us, but we need to trust in God to bring us to that place. But my question to you today is, are you willing to answer the call of God to not put the pastoral work on everybody else, but to carry it on your own back? Hey, maybe you're watching today and you're like, this, this, is, this is what I need. I don't need an alternative, a better or more happy alternative to what I'm seeing in the world, but I need a radically different way to live my life. I wanna encourage you today that Jesus, the reason that we are sent is because Jesus was first sent for us. We go out and make disciples because Jesus first came for us said, I know you're going to mess it up. I know there's going to be sin in the camp. I know that this is, and I don't want to have to go through the camp with a sword anymore. So I will take the sword myself and I will pay a penalty that you cannot pay for yourself. If you're watching today and you want to find yourself in relationship with God, my encouragement to you today is turn from your ways and come into right relationship with God by accepting what he did, for the did on the cross for you. I want to pray for you if that's you today. Jesus, for anybody right now that's saying, hey, I need to make a decision to follow Jesus. I need to turn from my ways. I want to be caught up in this purpose I've been hearing about today. For anybody praying that prayer, I pray to God that you would fill them with your presence and give them the next steps of what they need. Joining a, a, a community of believers, uh, picking up uh, uh, your, your word, a, a Bible. Jesus, I pray that they would be set up well for this new journey of faith.
pray this in your name. And everybody said, amen. In just a moment, Pastor Luke's gonna come back and give you some next steps. But I wanna pray for those of us that have been hearing this call over the last little bit. And hey, I don't mean to, I'm, I'm, I'm just, this is what God's doing in my own spirit. But I wanna know, are there a bunch of people out there that you are wanting to say, you know what, it's my time to stand up. I'm gonna stop telling everybody else to stand up and wonder why something's not happening. I need to stand up and answer the call to, to be a priesthood of all believers. If that's you, come on, can we literally stand up where we find ourselves? Everywhere, no matter where you are, even in the studio, if that's you, can we just begin to stand up? Jesus, I pray right now, as people begin to answer this call and as we, we prepare ourselves to go back into worship, Jesus, today is a significant moment. As we continue in our, our This Is Church series, we're gonna cover so many incredible topics, but right now, God, I pray that as personal responsibility is being taken to take your words and to communicate them to a world that desperately needs them and to walk alongside people and to be with people and give people the amount of chances you've given us, but just to be there. God, I pray that as we begin to stand up and we begin to walk in your presence and we deliver the words of Jesus and, and we begin to, to, to deliver them with the presence of of your Holy Spirit. Jesus, I pray that the move of God would begin to multiply across this earth, multiply across our province, we pray. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus and everybody said, amen, amen.
are doing, why not partner with us? And together we can bring hope and healing of Jesus to many more people. Hey, why don't you come over to our after party on Zoom right now? Link is in the chat. We'd love to meet with you and answer any of your questions that you may have. Our team will be there. It is no pressure at all. Um, it's going to be fun. We get to hang out. And if you'd like to use any of your giftings or passions in a meaningful way, check us out. All right, guys. So I had such a great time hosting this online church experience. I hope to see you guys soon. See you later and have such an amazing week. Bye-bye.